Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Dave Puma, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma, and Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Verge, the senior contributor of the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Fellas, week four is here. How y'all doing? I mean, week four? Shit, man. This is the most hyped up I've been for an NFL week, an NFL game we're going to get into later on in the pod, but this is, uh, this is... Dude, this every week seems to be getting better and better. And just when you think, and I know I said it last week, just when you think you can't top this, the NFL says, okay, hold my beer. And we just, like, keep upping the ante. I mean, the Lions almost upset the, the, the Baltimore Ravens if it wasn't for a, you know, physics-defying bounce off the crossbar from the 67-yard field goal from uh, – from Justin Tucker, uh, you name it, the NFL Week Three had everything. There's uh, there's been some incredible finishes uh, so far through three weeks. I think way more than we saw last year. This year is definitely uh, more exciting than obviously watching last year. You know, given the fact that no fans were in the stands. I was and just gonna say it's got to be because of the fans, right, Burge? Oh, it, it's such a different atmosphere. You don't have you know, awful, like, dubbed crowd noise being pumped in by the networks that just screamed fake. Like, it's natural. It sounds real. It sounds – the energy, you can feel it more. And, you know, in every game. And, you know, I'm just – I did some great games on the slate uh, next week that, you know, I'm looking forward to to getting into. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, for the week few, uh, week four previews, we're going to hit on Cleveland Browns versus the Minnesota Vikings, the Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers, and then the Los Angeles uh, Chargers playing the Las Vegas Raiders. But before all of that, I want to talk to Puma real quick. Sir, you lost a bunch of money Sunday. Well, you didn't lose a bunch of money. You were very close. You were very close to making a bunch of money. So how how are you? Have you recurred from losing that 19 parlay that was going to net you what, close to $500? Yep, it would have been $567. I'm I'm doing okay. Thank Mm. you for checking in. I mean, you you, you had the live reaction uh, on uh, (laughs) I had to FaceTime you to see see how you're going to react, you know? (laughs) Yeah. um, So for those of you that didn't know, I didn't put this in my best bets because I honestly forgot I had a $15 free uh, free bet from DraftKings. But I did a money line parlay, and the last leg that I needed – I needed the San Francisco 49ers to beat Green Bay outright. And on the pod last week, I said, you know, I think I think they can do it. I have a lot of faith in their defensive line. Um, I'm not that sold on the Green Bay defense. The running backs doesn't matter. Like, Kyle Shanahan's going to scheme away for them to win. Now, let me tell you this. Like, when I'm sweating that last leg out, it is a horrifying feeling knowing that your financial fate is in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Uh, 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 in prime time, and uh, like he threw that interception, and I, I almost lost it. It's a good thing my mother in law was asleep. Not that it mattered because when I thought I was like being quiet, like I was actually being loud. She heard everything I was saying, and like the next day she was laughing her balls off because of the stuff that came out of my mouth. But long story short, Jay had me on Facetime. The the 49ers score, and I'm there. You know, indulging a bit in uh, grown-up sodas, and I was like, "Man, thirty <laughs> seconds, Burge." I ran out. I ran out of whiskey. I was drinking gin straight from the bottle. Um, so uh, uh, watching watching this game, I'm like, 30 seconds, Jay. Thirty fucking seconds. We're gonna hit five hundred sixty-seven dollars. No timeouts, please. We got this." 
Yeah, way wrong answer, man. I hate Mason Crosby. I hate Aaron Rodgers even more. To hell with Green Bay. No, I was I was so mad. It was a good thing I didn't have to work the next day because uh, I had a little bit of a headache. But it was. I okay. tell you what, that was pure comedy though, man. Just like watching your reaction, <laughs> and like I was thirty seconds behind of your feed, and I could just tell something big was coming because you were trying to keep it down, but you couldn't. You were like, "Oh, he hasn't seen the play yet," but you were just like losing your shit, running around the house, and then when he started chugging uh, gin straight up, I was like, "All right, this this guy's gone now." <laughs> this guy's that- going now. <laughs> That had to add insult to injury that it was your boy, Jeopardy host, Aaron Rodgers, that I know, that's took that from you. Dude, dude. It, I, I, I thought I was past it. I don't want to talk about it no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not rag on Jimmy Garoppolo either. I mean, that, all that kid does is win, so. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. All right. All right. Um, let's, Back uh, let's... breaking interception. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. Put his well, team in uh... the position to win. Let's uh, let's move on and uh, let's discuss the first game on the slate today. The Cleveland Browns at two and one are taking on the Minnesota Vikings at one and two. Uh, the Browns are coming off of, of a beatdown against the uh, the Chicago Bears, uh, twenty six to six was the final score of that. And the main story of that game was the Cleveland defense had a hell of a day. They had nine sacks and Miles Garrett himself had four point five sacks. On the other end, the Minnesota Vikings had a season saving win against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they were 0-2 going into that game, and they had to win it, or else it's going to be 0-3. Uh, they beat the Seahawks 30-17, and Kirk Cousins is quietly, play, quietly playing some really good football. He ended the day with uh, 323 yards and three touchdowns, and I think on the year he's up to eight touchdowns and zero interceptions. So, so fellas, what are you guys looking for in this game? Who do you think is going to win? Give me the rundown. Bridge, you go first. Yeah, so I, I think a big story going into this game is going to be the health of Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I saw that he was in practice today, but I also saw some reports that he may, that Alexander Madison may still get uh, a bulk of the carries. I mean, it's an impressive win to come off beating the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson up there, and you know they, they have their share of problems. Don't get me wrong, but you know they had they had a must win must win game, like you said, Jay. Here after going, you know, losing those games, zero and two to the Bengals and to the Cardinals. The one they lost to the Bengals was a bit of a heartbreaker in overtime. And the Cardinals, they lost by, you know, on a point. So this team, while 0-2, may, may take the cake as uh, one of the best 0-2, what, mm-hmm. or best 1-2 and teams, uh, you know, going into this week here. Uh, I like I like the Vikings to uh, win this game. They're plus two, uh, and I would take them, lay, um, you know, getting the points as well there. Uh, I think that... Like I said, they're one of the best 0-2 teams. They just had to come off a really inspiring win against the Seahawks, and I, I like to see them continue on that. Yeah, I'm with you with that, Burge. I mean, uh, on my best bets little blog post uh, at the end of last week, I, I had Minnesota, and even in the description uh, for that game when they played the Seattle Seahawks, I said, like, this is the best 0-2 team that mm-hmm. could make the playoffs. And, uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins – we always say like he's up and down, he's Jekyll and Hyde. You know, sometimes he's Kirk Cousins, sometimes he's Kirby Cousins. He's yeah. been balling out, man. I mean, he mm-hmm. is. He's like top top ten in in passing yards right now. Um, this offense is hitting on all cylinders. Like, I'm kind of worried that this might be the game where Kirk comes back down to earth. But I, they're at home. They're against the, the Cleveland Browns, which let's be honest, they didn't have a test last week against mm-hmm. the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears. I mean, that, that Bears offensive line was atrocious. They gave up nine sacks. Now, some of it's on the line. 
Some of it's on Justin Fields holding the football too long. Some of, a lot of that is on the coaching staff not being prepared to give Justin Fields a game plan, but whatever. It is what it is. The box score says, you know, the Cleveland Browns won. Kareem Hunt had himself a day. Um, and I think I think this is going to be a bit of a shootout. I think this could be a high-scoring game. The over-under is at 51.5. I mean, Minnesota is 20th versus the rush defensive-wise, 27th versus the pass. I mean, they are coming along as a defense, but, I mean, you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt coming out of that backfield, and Kareem Hunt can catch the ball out the backfield. This is going to be an all-hands-on deck kind of game for both teams. Um, so I'm with you, Burge. I like Cleveland. Not Cleveland. I love Minnesota in this spot, getting two points. I like the over in this game as well, too. Um, so give me the Vikings going uh, going two and two. Wow, I got the Vikings as well. So all three of us, all three of us agree on the uh, on this game. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, uh, but in regards to what I'm looking for, listen, the Cleveland defense can they replicate their dominant performance that they had last week against the Bears? Um, and, and you know, truthfully, with Miles Garrett and and Jadavion Conley, I think they're going to be able to put some pressure on Kirk Cousins. Um, I do believe the Minnesota offensive line has done a great job protecting him. I mean, for the year, he's up to 918 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. If they keep that pace up, I, I think Minnesota is a sneaky, really, really good team here. And you look at how they've lost these games. They lost an OT to a Bengals team week one, which I think the Bengals might be better than we think they are. They're two and one against mm-hmm. the, uh, mm-hmm. the Steelers. They ba- you know they squeaked out a win against the uh, the Cardinals that missed on a late game uh, field goal and they would have won that game and they beat the Seahawks so you know their record right now is one and two and I get that but I think this is a team that could make a lot of noise if they get back to two and two this week and I got them being the Cleveland uh, Browns in the realm of like a 27 to 21 and if that happens I mean these guys are right in the race right they're in the thick of it four games in two and two they find out what their identity is watch out for the Vikings mm-hmm yeah. absolutely no, I was oh, going to say Parker's absolutely. Picks. Oh, yeah, Parker's, uh, Parker's pick, pick for that game. Guess what? He agrees with us. He went with the Vikings. Oh, oh nice, Jesus Christ. Nice. There we go. Yep. There we go. Um, okay, cool. So the next game we're going to talk about, you guys ready to move on? Anything else you want to absolutely. say Absolutely. Absolutely. Number two, the Arizona Cardinals at 3-0 are taking on the Los Angeles Rams at 3-0 as well. Arizona's coming off of a 31-29 win over the, uh, the pathetic 0-3 Jags. Uh, Kyler Murray ended his day with 316 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. And the Cardinals do look, they look like they're a fairly good team. And what I'm impressed with the most is AJ Green is starting to become a, a viable secondary option for Kyler. Um, you know, they, for the longest time, it used to be just look at D-Hop and try to give him the ball and that's it. But AJ Green is starting to work into that rhythm with, uh, with Kyler. Kyler Murray and uh, those guys uh, ended up with five catches for 112 yards for AJ Green. On the other hand, the Rams are coming off of a big win against the defending Super Bowl champions, beating them 34-24, and at times it looked like a little bit of a blowout. It looks as if the Stafford experiment is working out fairly well in Los Angeles. They torched the Brutals Bucks secondary for 343 yards and four touchdowns, and most of those yards were Deshaun Jackson, who had 120 yards and touchdown, and Cooper Cup, who had 96 yards and two touchdowns. You know, the way I see this game panning out is if Kyler Murray can keep building that rapport with A.J. Green and if, you know, because A.J. Green is going to be the key factor here because I think D-Hop is going to get locked up by Jalen Ramsey. So can A.J. Green and Kyler Murray uh, recreate some of that magic? And if they can, I do, I do think they're going to win. So given the Cardinals in the realm of like a 31 to, uh, let's say, 28. All right. I'm going to go on the other side. I got the Rams here uh, right now. Last I looked, they're they're uh, they're four point favorites against the uh, the Arizona Cardinals at home. Over under is fifty five. Um, I, I like the I like the Rams in this spot. They're they're firing all cylinders, 
And what kind of worries me is, yeah, the Cardinals are a high-flying team. Maybe they were just overlooking the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was the third mm-hmm. quarter. Jacksonville yeah. had a nine-point lead. Like, mm-hmm. it was not – it was not a very convincing, you know, win, and, like, Jacksonville came back in garbage time. Like, there were some mistakes made on the offensive side of the football, but I think they're going to get get it right uh, this week. Uh, the Arizona running backs, it's, it's straight up in, in fantasy terms. You know, Burge, you, you probably agree with me on this. It's a committee. Like, they both had 11 carries each. Just James Conner had the better day because he hit pay dirt twice. But Chase Edmonds, you know, you, you were high on him last year. I was high on him, too. He, uh, he was balling out, too. Uh, but I like the Rams in this spot. I think they can take advantage of the secondary. Um, I think Van Jefferson may have a decent day. But give me uh, give me the Rams in this spot. Henderson, Daryl Henderson, might be something to watch. Uh, he missed last week with uh, with a rib injury, I believe. Sonny Michelle got a lot of run. And even against that uh, vaunted Tampa Bay front four, just stopped the run, he actually did some decent amount of damage on the ground. He didn't find pay dirt, but enough to uh to keep the the defense honest here but give me the rams laying the four points and i'll maybe dabble in the over in this game yeah so for me i mean i think this has a potential to be a uh a solid playoff matchup between these two teams obviously you know puma you and i were very high on arizona uh you know about the time i jumped on with you guys on this podcast you know we loved kyler murray we were talking about how he was an you know a mid-season mvp pick uh, you know, last year, and he's kind of picked up where he left off there. You know, he's absolutely balling out for fantasy. He's one of my on one of my teams. He's my quarterback, and you know, guy's money. Um, uh, on the Los Angeles Rams side, that was a very impressive win last week for them against the defending Super Bowl champions. I think we all picked them to win last week. Um, you know, given given the situation, Matthew Stafford, you know. Seems like he loves being in L.A. with Sean McVay. I mean, we knew, we all knew he was a good quarterback that was rotting away up in Detroit. Uh, and, you know, just being here in, in this new new uh, situation with a better team, it's it's it seems like almost like kind of like night and day. You know, that being said, I, I expect this to be decided by a field goal. I really think this has the potential to be uh, an offensive, you know, shootout. Um, so I... I am. I believe the Rams are going to win this game, but if I'm going to pick the Cardinals, you know, laying the four points in this game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, let me, let me ask you guys a question real quick. In regards to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, you know, they started out hot last year and they had they kind of came apart during the middle of the season. Do you guys see anything different that makes you believe that won't happen again this year? I mean, me personally, not yet. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer because I was a believer in them last year and I'm going to believe in him this year. I love, like I said, I love Kyler Murray down there and I'm, I'm still big on Chase Edmonds. Even in fantasy, the dude is consistent as hell. He's a great flex play. Always walks away with 10 points regardless of, you know, whether he hits pay dirt or not. And, you know, I, we'll, we'll see as the year goes on. I, this is going to be their biggest test of the year so far. So it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how they do against this Rams defense. Yeah. yeah, Jay, to, to answer that, I'm I'm kind of in a, like a wait-and-see mode here. I mean, you look at the first week, the Titans have no no secondary, no defense. The Vikings, that was a close game. That was a shootout. The Jaguars, again, they kind of they didn't pull away, and the Jaguars put, put up 29 points in garbage time. Like, that was a close game the whole time. Like, this is a measuring stick game for the, the Arizona Cardinals. If they can squeak out a win here, and then they come back the following week at home against the 49ers, and then they get the Browns, 
if they can go two out of three during that stretch, I will be thoroughly impressed. Yeah. And I think a lot of this will come down to how Kyler progresses as a, uh, was a third-year quarterback now or second-year, third-year quarterback now, third right? Year, yep. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he is so, like, in tune with D-Hop, and I think in the back of his mind, he just keeps reliving that Hail Mary play over and over again, that I do feel at some points he just he just stares him down and tries to give him the ball. Like, he just tries to big 50-yard bombs, you know, from the 30-yard line all the time. And it's like, yo, like, maybe you should try to throw to somebody else. And I think that's where his relationship with A.J. Green is critical here. And how A.J. Green goes could tell you a lot about how Kyler Murray progresses and how this team progresses as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they have a they have a ton of weapons in the passing game down there. Mm-hmm. I mean you got Christian Kirk who's been consistent. You know he's a he's a, always uh, good for a big play every now and then. Uh, and then the rookie Rondell Moore, I love that kid. Mm-hmm. I was, he might I be a dark horse for a rookie uh, of the year too. Absolutely, you know he he fits right into what they're doing. I made the mistake of trading him away in my dynasty league, and I regretted Oof. it the minute I did it. And. I, I love what he brings to that offense, and you know I'm not going to you know throw Andy Isabella out there because we all know what he is. He's not really involved, but when you have D Hop, you have AJ Green. If he gets going, that's going to mm-hmm. open things up for oh, yeah. for these other guys. And as long as Kyler can progress and see that, I mean mm-hmm. the sky's the limit for that offense. Yeah, and I do wonder what the Rams' game plan is going to be. Are they going to try to like obviously contain him, try to beat him from the pocket? But is there going to be more pressure off the edges? Is there going to be more pressure up the middle? Uh, I'm kind of interested to see how how they deal with a very mobile quarterback. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to game number three of the week: the one and two Seattle Seahawks go and take on the two and one San Francisco 49ers. We've already discussed this a little bit, but the Seattle Seahawks are coming off of a brutal loss to the Vikings, uh, thirty to seventeen, a little bit of a beatdown. Um, and things are, you know, still early, but there definitely seems to be some issues up in Seattle, and this could potentially become a massive story if they drop this game against the 49ers. Um, on the other end, we already talked a little bit about it. Uh, Puma had a heartbreaking loss with the 49ers on Sunday night. Um, San Fran was up late in that game against the Packers. They were, scored the go-ahead uh, touchdown with 37 seconds left, and they still lost to the Packers. So with that being said, fellows, who do you got winning this game? Um, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I mean, let's let's be honest. The the Seattle defense is you know I say this all the time for bad defenses or bad teams. They're awful with the capital A. Like they're, mm-hmm. this defense is is bad. Minnesota took them to the woodshed, and maybe an argument can be made that you know the wheels really fell off the bus when Tyler Lockett left the game with mm-hmm. I believe it was a knee injury. Uh, but they don't believe it's going to be serious. Uh, I think he might be like a, a, a day-to-day type of scenario, definitely something to monitor unless different news came out recently. But that's what I thought I saw last. Uh, but, I mean, with this defense and the San Francisco 49ers, it, again, it doesn't really matter what San Francisco has back there for a running back. Hell, they might even trade for Marlon Mack at this point just because they need the bodies. I thought, uh, you know, Sermon looked okay. I think he played every snap uh, on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, he looks to be coming out of the doghouse. I know his stat line doesn't really pop out. I think it was like four, four, four for thirty-seven uh, with one touchdown, and, um, and yeah, like I said, thirty-seven receiving yards. But he played every snap. He was on the field for every offensive snap. Maybe they start getting him more involved in the game. Debo Samuel is a, is a is a man. Um, but I, I like San Francisco in this spot. They're three-point favorites. The over/under is fifty-one and a half. Uh, I'm leaning towards the over just because of how bad the San, the, the Seattle defense is. Um, but give me San Francisco laying the three. 
Yeah. Okay, real quick before I give this preview, Parker's pick Parker's for the Arizona for Rams game yep. was uh, the Cardinals laying the four points. So Ooh, okay. um, that's where he went with that. But moving on to Seattle in uh, San Fran, you know, Puma, I kind of am going to echo what you were saying on this. Um, you know, Seattle's defense is not good. They mm-hmm. were not good last year. And I still have some some pretty big concerns about their offensive line. I mean, that's that broke down last year, and that's when they came right down to earth. And I, I still have some, some major concerns about that. Uh, the 49ers' defense is solid, and I think the 49ers are a very good team. Um, you know, they, they, you can make an argument they should have won on Monday Night Football last week. Obviously, they didn't, but, uh, you know, they pushed that game right to the end. I, I, they're, they're another dark horse team that I think could make a serious run late, um, you know, barring health, uh, into the playoffs this year. So, Give me, give me the 49ers, you know, laying the three points here to uh, to win outright. I think that uh, I think Seattle has some major problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, real quick, Jay, before you go, Parker's pick is Seattle. There we go. There we go. Judas. Cool, cool. <laughs> Wait, easy. <laughs> that Judas. was like you're speaking. You're speaking about his spawn right here. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, we were on a good trend of agreeing. Hey, whatever, well, whatever. Well, listen, I actually do agree with both you guys, and I'm not going to rehash all of it because I do believe the 49ers are going to win. And and I, what I really want to talk about, though, is I know we have this idea that maybe Aaron Rodgers coming back with a tur- you know, turbulent offseason might cause some issues in that Packers locker room. But maybe it's happening in the Seattle Seahawks locker room as well because there was quite a bit of, you know, steam coming out of the uh, Wilson camp that maybe wanted to move out of Seattle. And I wonder if that, if any of that has kind of moved on over into the regular season because this team right now, and like I said, if they lose this upcoming week, which I think we, which I think they will, this is going to become a national story. I mean, they're 1-3, Russell Wilson, you know, he's trying to throw them out of every single game. The whole team doesn't look that good. You know, can, any, can anything be blamed in regards to how the offseason panned out for the on-field performance right now? I think so. I mean, you basically had Russell Wilson, you know, advocating to be the general manager and finding the offensive coordinator. Like, you know, and I've, I've ran about this with Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, there, there are general managers that put the team together. You, you know, you're, you're the quarterback. Like, you call the plays that the head coach calls in. You let upper management worry about building the friggin' team. Um, and I just think it's it's gotten to the point where it, it's just – it's so out of hand where – this defense is bad. This offensive line, short of Dwayne Brown, who, by the way, was a training camp holdout because he wanted a new contract too. Like n- nothing is gelling at the t- at the moment. I think really the only consistent guy has been Chris Carson and Tyler Lockett. And Lockett mm-hmm. left the game last week with the with the knee injury. And Chris Carson, he's been dinged up uh, over the course of his career. So and you mm-hmm. know he's a running back. He's a stud, but you know at the end of the day he's a running back. You know the shelf life is short, and he's one hit away from being out again for the season. So there's there's so much predicated. There there is a reason why, in my opinion, why. Um, uh, Carroll, uh, Pete Carroll wanted to run the ball so much, and so he didn't have to put the ball, the game, in Russell Wilson's hands all the time. We saw that last year after that Buffalo game, and then after that uh, Los Angeles Rams performance, they went back to running the football almost every down the rest of the season. Like that's no accident. So I think there's a lot going on in that locker room, and I'm with you, Jay. If they lay another egg in probably one of the best divisions in football right now. Mm-hmm. It, it, I know it's it's week four. We're going to go into week five pretty soon. Like, 
they might be done. Like, I, I, I don't know how if you lose this game, you're going to come out of there with a wild card at best. So Yeah, I'm and 1-3 and three is different in that division than it is in the NFC East. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. in that division, if you're 1-3, and three, like, it's a pretty good shot that you're done. Well, they're, they're staring down 1-4, and four, to be honest with you. If you want to look forward to Week 5, they got to play the Rams. Oh, boy. So, like... Wow. Yeah. So like they're staring right down, you know, if they don't win this game and they lay another egg, they're staring one and four right right down right down its throat. And yeah, you know, there is something to be said about the quarterbacks being outspoken and, and, and complaining about that. You know, I mean, especially if it gets public, you know, you know, then the then the team starts, you know, being like, What the hell is going on here? This guy doesn't want to be here, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the team hears all that noise. No matter how good the coach is, no matter how good the environment is, the team's gonna hear that noise. Yeah, and right. you know we're seeing it come come right out here in uh, in Seattle. Well, well, that, that's a good point, Burge. And the question that I have, the final question I have before we move on, and you know, does he have a legitimate gripe though? Like, I mean, I understand that he himself plays at an elite level at all times, and I understand it's kind of like taboo to essentially go against the head coach or the GM. But does he have a valid point in in some of the team building they've done up in Seattle the last few years? Or, or, I, is it I, just, or is it something that's in his head? I think he has a gripe for the offensive line. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, their offensive line was awful last year. So, you know, I mean, they started off great. The offensive line fell apart. And, you know, we all know what happened to that team. So in, in terms of that, yes. But mm-hmm. if you're going to ter- talk about uh, in terms of surrounding his offense with talent, no. I mean, Tyler Lockett is a very good wide receiver out there. DK Metcalf is elite when 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 the ball's getting to him, so I mean in, in that sense no. But with the offensive line, I, I I can I can certainly see where he's coming from on that. Yeah, and yeah, DK I'll Metcalf go. has kind of not showed up this year. He only has two hundred twenty yards to three games, two touchdowns. I mean, is he on your fancy team? I yes. <laughs> Burge is oh, on man. tilt. Burge. I know, right? He, he knows. He knows. What's I'm up, still three and zero. I'm still three and zero. So I'm I'm getting by. Somehow it's better I'm, to better to win ugly than to lose pretty. But uh, Jada, to answer your question, I'm I'm you know I'm with Burge like in regards to the offensive line. Yes, but like if you look at Russell Wilson's career, let's just lay all the cards on the table. Like Absolutely. there have been reports yes. that he had the kid glove treatment with Russ with uh, with Pete Carroll. When the Legion of Boom guys are trying to hold him accountable for mistakes and whatnot, like there would be infighting in the locker room, and that's mm-hmm. let's just be honest, like that's probably why Cam Chancellor retired. Like we can all say it was injuries, but you're telling me like the locker room strife and this guy is just being put into a you know a, you know bubble wrap, so he's immune to any criticism. And then you know Russell Wilson, not Russell Wilson. Um, Richard Sherman, Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Sherman, he was a out, he's probably the most outspoken person in that locker room at the time. Mm-hmm. So there, there has been strife in that locker room for a very long time, and I think that bird is you know starting to come home to roost. And I wouldn't be surprised if the rumblings next year kind of carried over and had a little bit more smoke uh, for for a trade request if they go you know one you know one in five if they lose this week and they lose to the Rams. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a big problem. And, and if we've learned anything from the Brady Belichick debacle, it seems that if you've gone to this point of being so fed up with your organization, it seems like the 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 ink is already written. Like it's basically there's no going back at this point. And I think you might have a point, Puma, that regardless of whatever happens this year, and it's already it's already looking like it's not going to be good. I think he's going to be trying to ask for a trade next year as well. You know. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I think I think anytime like you know your quarterback gets to that point, you know, I mean, that's that's your leader. That's 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 like the the face of the of the team is always the quarterback in the league. And as soon as that guy speaks out, like there's really no coming back from that. Like Aaron Rodgers very well could be out of out of Green Bay next year, regardless of how well he performs. Oh, he here. is. Oh, so no, like he is. It's so it's the same. It's the same thing there. And no, Jay, you're 100 percent right on that. Like the ink's probably already ready. You know, a trade's going to be coming. Uh, could very well be coming. Uh, you know, this off season. All right. Cool. Cool. All right, and then the uh, Las Vegas Raiders at 3-0 are traveling to take on the Los Angeles Chargers at 2-1. The Raiders are coming off of another overtime win against the Miami Dolphins. This is their second overtime game in three weeks for the Raiders so far. Derek Carr has continued to play at an MVP level with 386 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception against the Dolphins. And then they actually had a running game show up as well, and Peyton Barber rushed for 111 yards. On the other end, uh, the, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are coming off of a really big win against the Chiefs. The final score was 30-24. to 24. I mean, I watched this thing wire-to-wire, and it was a great game. Uh, Justin Herbert ended the day with four touchdowns and 281 yards. The key for the Chargers winning was the defense turning the ball over four times with two interceptions and two fumbles against the Chiefs. So with all that being said, fellas, who you guys got winning this game on Monday Night Football? Real quick, Jay. That's it's not their name. It's the Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> Occasionally, my my sister will just like walk by and she'll be like Raiders. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> love it. Love Dude, it. She's sis. she's so hardcore into it. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes, Birds, you go up. You got this. All right. Well, like you said, Jay, that was a very impressive win for the Chargers last week, beating the beating hard, Patrick Woo. Mahomes in their. Uh, you know, in the in the Kansas City Chiefs there, and you know that was a one of probably up there and at least top five in terms of one of the worst games Patrick Mahomes played. You know, you you could tell he was very cocky out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at that interception. I I mean that he threw. Did he have uh, to I think, throw that ball? Like the guy was that was Asante wide Samuel? Open. Asante yeah. Samuel. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that interception, like, yes, the receiver should have caught it. But, like, my God, like, you didn't have to try a no-look there. The guy was wide open, and he put zero touch on that ball. He just fucking whipped it in there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, this the guy who's the elite quarterback in the league, you know, he's perennial MVP candidate every year. He's supposed to be the next gift. Should know at this point to either take off of that ball or just, you know, put some touch on it and get it into your open receiver. Uh, you know, Again, the receiver should have caught it, but I am not going to blame him for that interception. That was solely on Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, you look at the, the the Raiders' side of this, you know, I, they ended up winning the game down in Miami. Uh, I would call it a very, you know, unimpressive win for them, you know, given what we had seen from them in the first two games, um, you know, beating the, the Ravens and the Steelers. Uh, they still, you know, put up 31 points and, and walked away with a win there. Uh, but you know, I'm buying into what the Raiders are right now. I, I I love Darren Waller. He's probably my favorite tight end in the game right now. And Derek Carr is playing very well. He was always an effective quarterback. He just never could seem to take that next step. Um, and the Chargers are a little bit. They seem to me like they're you know hot and cold. You know which team's going to show up. You know they only put up 17 points against that that Cowboys defense that's not all that great and then they come out and they put up 30 against the Chiefs so yeah. i i, I want to see i want to see some more consistency from the Chargers but in, in terms of this game uh the Raiders are laying three and a half i'm going to go with the Raiders to cover and win outright here like i said i think that they have a i think that right now i would probably 
pick them to win the division uh, at, through three weeks if I was yeah. going to be forced to pick. Uh, Parker's we... pick Parker's pick for the game, Raiders. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And before you go, uh, Puma, like, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Burge. The thing I want to say about Patrick Mahomes is he's, and I tweeted this out as well, he's becoming one of the cockiest douches in all of football. Like, he's gone to the point where, I mean, he had that horrific interception against the Ravens where he's just throwing stuff up. And late in that game against the Chargers, he also just threw a ball up because he just saw Travis Kelsey. Nothing else was there. He's going to just take an air mail it, and he eventually became an interception and cost him the game. So, you know... I, I know he's great. I know he's coming off of back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, but it's gone to the point where I think if he keeps playing this careless, this team could have a really rough year, you know? Mm-hmm. By the way, real quick, the Chargers are laying the three and a half. Raiders are three. I'm three sorry. Point, three-point dogs. Just did I, did, for, did I have that It's wrong? okay. It's I'm all still right. picking the Raiders. Still picking the Raiders. We're Doesn't picking matter. the Raiders. I'm picking the Raiders. Oh, I'm sorry. The Raiders. I'm picking the I'm picking the Raiders in this spot. I mean, well, listen, we can all say it's it's the Raiders, it's, you know, they're 3-0, and whatever. But, like, the you know, the fact of the matter is, is they've played three teams that have won 10 games or more from last season. And we can all say what we want about the Steelers. I think they were a bad team that were hiding behind a really good defense last year. But they took down the Ravens. They took down a, a good Dolphins team when Ryan Fitzpatrick was under center. Clearly, that didn't happen. Jacoby Brissett was there, gave him a run for his money. I was the Raiders were the second to last leg of my parlay that I was sweating out in overtime mm-hmm. on Sunday. But I mean, really, Derek Carr. I said it last week. I'll say it again. I have not seen this since 2016 when he was a dark horse MVP candidate when he broke his leg. The like, dude is balling out of his mind. I think right now he's on pace to throw for like 6,000 yards at this point if he keeps it up. Um, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. Max Crosby, a.k.a. The Condor, according to uh, Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL on Twitter. That kid, it didn't show up in the stat sheet last week with any sacks or anything, but he was a disruptive force in that backfield. He, he kept getting hits on Jacoby Brissett. He kept getting after it. Uh, he assisted with the sack. Um, I think this is going to be his true test because we saw what the uh, what the Charger offensive line did to what we can probably all agree is an overrated Washington football team front seven. But Rayshon Slater is is a something special boy, and I think. Max Crosby's going to get his real true test this year uh, at this time against the uh, the Chargers. I'm a, I'm a little worried given how many overtime games that they've played over three weeks. But let's be honest, when the Chargers are home, they're never really home. They have a negative home field uh, you know advantage differential. And I think there's going to be way more silver and black fans in SoFi Stadium than there's going to be actual Charger fans. Give me Las Vegas laying the three. The over-unders at 52. I think it's going to be a, a hair under. I honestly think 52 might be about right. Uh, but if Derek Carr can keep doing what he's doing, minimize any turnovers, uh, th- this team's got a puncher's chance. And I, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to go 4-0. And I think they're probably, in my opinion, one of the more legit undefeated teams in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you buying a uh, Max Crosby jersey? Uh, yeah, I might. Uh, I might get the. Uh, I might get that Max Crosby jersey. Oh, and okay, I mean, okay. if you look at his story, like how could you? Yeah, not, you know story. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I didn't realize his story was just kind of like Dan Wallace as well. He had quite a bit of issues and he battled quite a bit. And, I, and I'm proud to see that he's doing wonderful for himself. So, you know, if you get his jerseys, that'd be awesome. But listen, I think I think the key to this game is going to come down to Derwin, J, uh, Derwin uh, James, uh, the safety for the uh, Chargers against Darren Waller. Um, you know, if James can lock up Waller and take away car security blanket, I think that's going to be the key to victory for the Chargers. Um, listen, the Chargers, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Raiders, I, I've been on the fence about them for the last couple of weeks just because I think some of their wins haven't been that impressive. But like I've said to you, Puma, and my sister, like, if they win on Monday night against the Chargers, which I think is a really good Chargers team, I'm buying in, right? At that point, you can't do anything but buy in. They're 4-0. Uh, they're looking really good. They got a really uh, high-caliber quarterback. But on the other end, I think Justin Herbert took a big step forward. Uh, on Sunday against the past, uh, against the Chiefs, right? I mean, that was like one of the things you've got to do to get recognition as a quarterback in the NFL. You've got to go on the road and play a tough, you know, stadium against a really good quarterback, and he did that, and he won. And they gave him the ball late in the game to put the game away as well, which shows a lot of confidence that coaching staff has uh, in Justin Herbert. The one thing I'm concerned about the Chargers is they take a lot of dumb penalties. Um, a couple penalties cost them the game against the Cowboys, and it also it almost cost them the game against the Chiefs. But at the end of the day, man, I have a little, a little, bit, a little bit of a blowout. I think the Chargers are going to roll here with 30 to 17 as my final score. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No respect. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to be giving my little sister all kinds of shit. Don't worry. Don't worry. Me and sis, we're going to be like the Dudley boys, 3D in your ass to a table. Last last week, I kept sending uh, her the fins up thing with the gif, right? And then this week, I've got the bolt up gif that I keep sending to her. It's fucking hilarious. You really are nothing but a troll. You really are nothing but a troll. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Says says Burge Jones Jr. himself. Okay. Okay. I'm an, I'm an admitted troll. I'm an admitted troll. There we go. All right, do hey, we have who did Parker best? pick? Who did Parker oh, pick? I think we had the Raiders. Uh, he picked the Raiders. He picked he, the Raiders. He picked the Raiders. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, do we have any best bets with the Puma this week or or no? We do. We okay, do. Go so we, we got some best bets with the Puma. Let me just uh, – I, I got to take a little bit of a victory lap here from uh, from last week because uh, they're pretty good did pretty good so last week with uh, with my best bets I went uh, I went four and three would have been uh, you know five and five and two if uh, that parlay hit but in reality it was a free bet whatever but definitely hit on that Minnesota Vikings best bet last week and uh, we're gonna keep uh, keep that train rolling so right now my best bets I know you're gonna scoff and all these all these lines are brought to you by the unofficial official sports book of the Pro Football Radio podcast, the DraftKings sports book. Any new better if you put uh, you know some money in that DraftKings account, I believe they'll give you like a five dollar free bet where you can win up to one hundred and fifty dollars risk free. I mean, come on, who doesn't want free money at that point? Uh, but in reality, my best bets this week, I like the Detroit Lions against the Chicago Bears. The Detroit wow. Lions are catching, depending on what you're looking at. I was looking at uh, DraftKings. I believe the line was fluctuating between two and a half to three points. I think it's still at two and a half. Uh, they're two and a half point dogs. Listen, it's the Lions. I understand that. But we can all agree that they have been playing hard as hell for Coach Kneecap mm-hmm. biter, biter himself, uh, Dan Campbell. I mean, they, again, they were one fluky physics 
you know, inducing bounce off a crossbar away from beating the Baltimore Ravens in Detroit. And if they, if maybe it wasn't downpouring in Green Bay, they probably win that game. I'm not giving them excuses for that. You still have to execute. But they had Green Bay on the ropes in week two. And this team's playing hard. Um, I'm not sold on the Chicago Bears. There's been so much turmoil and nonsense going on in Chicago with Justin Fields and how they bungled that situation, how they're bungling the quarterback situation as a whole with, you know, Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. And I don't know if they were all just so focused on buying that new property, you know, outside of the Chicago city limits, but this is a bad football team. Give me Detroit getting points, uh, getting the two and a half. I love Minnesota getting two and a half against the Cleveland Browns this week. We already talked about that in the preview, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Give me the Raiders getting three and a half. And we're going to get to this in our Megapod, but uh, I'm going to go with the public here. About 90% of the bets on this game are going on the Tampa Bay side, laying seven points. I'm going to jump on that bandwagon too. I'm going to lay seven with Tampa Bay against New England in Foxborough. And I might dabble in the over in that game too. I believe the over was 49 last I looked. I I would take the under on that. I I think this game, that game is going to go completely the other way of how people is going to go. Like, I mean, no, it never really pans out the way the narrative is built up, you know? Uh, I mean, I still got you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm, I'm not hedge my bets, but I'm, I'm going to go with, if they're, if they have like a two touchdown lead, like Tom's going to look at BA and BA's just going to be like, no risk it, no biscuit, baby. And he's going to take that <laughs> flamethrower to Foxborough and it's going to be scorched earth. It's going to be looking like Mad Max or Reign of Fire, that really bad dragon movie with Matthew McConaughey. You guys remember that movie? Yeah, like early two thousands mm-hmm. with Christian yep. Bale, pre mechanic. That, that, that's, that's not a bad movie. I actually watched it on Amazon Prime the other day. And it's like an pre- underrated movie yeah. for what it is, dude. Well, I, Matthew I McConaughey look- all like freaking coked out, basically <laughs> jumping through the air with an axe, getting eaten by a freaking dragon. Oh well, my I'm- god. While I'm watching that movie, Puma, and I'm thinking to myself, my God, like, the, the visual effects in this are amazing. And I started looking into it, and when it came out, it was, like, cutting-edge technology for movies in how mm-hmm. they filmed that uh, filmed that, filmed that movie. Game of Thrones actually used a lot of their animations for the dragons off of that movie. So it, it stands up after 20 years later, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you, if Burge, if you watch how, like, the, the dragons move, you'll instantly see how they move in Game of Thrones. And be like, yep, that's definitely definitely the same thing. I'm going to have to go back and look at that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, is that is that it for your best bet, sir? I got a question for Burge. I, I don't think we got an update. How did Parker do last week? Oh, dude, I have to, I don't even remember what his picks were. I, <laughs> I mean, we're he was on with, fire. He was on fire and the first five two. And oh. so, <laughs> no, I, I don't even remember which games we picked last week. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I You know what? I had it saved in my phone, and I overwrote it for this week's... Uh, this, this week's, um, you know what? He's... By that, by that's you know because of that he gets a mulligan. He's five and zero. I want no. I want to. I want to say. I want to say. If I remember when we were going through through, he it, agreed with us with, a lot. I want to say he was three and two. That was okay. my guess. That I, that was my guess for that. Mm-hmm. I believe he was over five hundred. I know he got the Patriots wrong, and I think there was another one he got wrong. We all got the been... Patriots wrong. My God, <laughs> I took the Saints, babe. Oh, that was just hate. Yeah, yeah. Nobody expected that to happen. Come on, bro. Bro. Nobody expected the Saints to win that game. Come on. Fuck yeah, I did. 
that wasn't me doing I'll, a troll job. Okay, Puma. That was okay. Listen, Puma, I'm the realest hatred fan there is. And Play even the I was like, oh, okay. No way now you're hell. both full of shit. Not, there's Play no the way team. in hell we're going to lose this game. No, you, but you remember me going into last week thinking there was no way in hell we're going to lose that game? Uh, there was no way in hell we're going to lose that game. But that, that'll be for next podcast. But listen, Bird, what you should do is you should do a Parker's like best bets on the blog because that I should, would yeah. really like, you know, cater to the baby gambling segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really I'm should do serious. it. I'm serious. You need to make a Twitter handle for yeah. for the little guy. And it's, it's going to be like, it's got to be at Sharp Parker. And it's got to be a picture of him with sunglasses on. That's all, yeah. that's all it is. Well, well I know, I know you. I know you're like well, you're debating if you want to obviously show his face on on a social yeah. media. And I totally get that. But what you can probably do is you can angle the camera when he makes his picks, just so like his hand comes in and picks like one of the uh, one yeah. of the one of the two things. You know, I think that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can definitely look into doing that. I know uh, he, he he tends to. Uh, be a little violent with the uh, with the paper and his little uh, snack that's on it. He tends to go right for it and rip it out. So He's picking with <laughs> conviction. <laughs> uh, oh, I will say well, this. When, well, I wonder he, where he gets that from, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this when he when he picked the Las Vegas Raiders and uh, Los Angeles Chargers game, he grabbed both pieces of paper. And we were waiting. We're like, which one's, which, 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 uh, which uh, snack is he gonna eat? Is he gonna do it? And he ended up dropping the snacks. We're like, all right, we gotta do it again. He's indecisive. And then the next time he came down, he went for the Raiders. <laughs> Raiders by fifty. Let's go. <laughs> Max Crosby five sacks. <laughs> all right let's move on to our final segment the fantasy bulls with burge um i've got a couple of quick questions for you burge um the first being christian mccaffrey has gone to i believe is he out this week oh i see an he's gonna be out he's not going to ir uh they have not put him on ir and our last report i did see is he's not going to go to ir so it sounds like it could only be a couple of weeks uh until he until he returns Okay. Yeah, I think it was so, like less than a grade one strain. He might even be back after you know next week. For the, the problem with him is they gotta they gotta reduce his workload, and mm-hmm. you know, even even if you get a from a fantasy standpoint, they reduce his workload. You know, five or five five to eight touches or whatever. It's not gonna make a difference for you in your fantasy team. He's still gonna be the best running back out there. Okay. So let's move on to who should I pick up uh, to play. Uh, in this spot for this week, I got a couple free agents available in my league, and I got Ingram, uh, Naheem Hines. Uh, I've got, I think Pollard is that what I'm leaning towards for Dallas, so just because he seems yeah, to be getting got, more touches. Yep, yep. And yep. then uh, there's Sony Michelle as well out there. So, who do you recommend out of those four? Tony Pollard. Okay. I mean, you got a you got a really upside offense there with Dallas. They've been using him a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, many different ways uh, there. I, you got to go with him if you don't have another, you know, better option on your bench. I, I, I think that you got some, you, you got a pretty low floor there, depending on what their game plan is, if they actually use him or not, or what how they use him. Uh, but the ceiling is 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 through the roof. I mean, they could game plan to use him, and you know, you could you could be looking at a you know a, a really good day out of him. Okay. I think you're looking at almost like a Cleveland Brown scenario. Maybe I'm wrong. Very well. Like I, I think I think you're gonna see, I think they're gonna use him. In like the Kareem Hunt role to where Zeke is the is the Nick Chubb. I dude, smash it. Put him in. Put put Pollard in right now. <laughs> doing, doing None of right those now. other options are worth it. None of those other options are worth it over Pollard. Absolutely. Especially uh, like if you don't have a bye week. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just moved Christian McCaffrey to the bench and I just picked him up right now. Um, and then the other question is, you know, 
Puma mentioned this to you in the group chat earlier, but I do have Claypool and uh, Najee Harris on, on my team, and I am starting to get very worried about that Pittsburgh offense. What is your recommendation for owners in regards to Najee Harris and Chase Claypool? I, I wouldn't be playing them if you can, you know, have another option to throw in there uh, until you see it. I mean, Big, Big Ben is dinged up, and even mm-hmm. when he's in there, he is definitely not the same guy. I think he's washed. I think this is probably going to be his last year. Um, and, you know, he significantly limits what they what they can do, uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Claypool, you know, they're, they're non-starters at this point uh, in my eyes. If you can, you know, even a, you know, like a Chase Edmonds type guy, if you can, you can fit find somebody like him and plug him in. Uh, you you'd be better off. And you know, with Najee Harris, he's not one I'm I'm going running out to trade because you know people used extreme draft capital on him and fantasy drafts to take him. Uh, I think you got to ride him out for the season and hope that you know the Steelers kind of figure their things out on on offense. In terms of Claypool. Um, He's a tough one because he relies on touchdowns to you know to, you know get you points, especially uh, if you're not in a PPR format and not knowing who's going to throw him the ball if Big Ben's out there at fifty percent. I mean that's very concerning. So he's he's on the bench. I know Puma, you asked me your question about that trade uh, for Jamal Williams. I did some thinking on that. And, you know, even given the situation in Detroit with DeAndre Swift there, they're using Jamal Williams quite a bit. Um, especially in PPR, he's going to be the pass catching back there. Um, so do you make the trade straight up? I probably ask for, try to get a, get another piece from, from the, whatever team you're trading with whether it's like a depth piece or something like that, something small, um, just to, you know, kind of sweeten the pot for you. Cause, cause Claypool does have a high ceiling if the, the Steelers are right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that's all I got for you. Uh, uh Puma, any questions for him in regards to fantasy? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, I mean, really the only selling point, if you were trying to move off of Harris, like, I guess this is kind of like a trade question. Like, if if you were going to try to trade Najee Harris and you had to talk him up, what, really, would you really, would you only be talking about how many targets he got last week, which was like 19? Like, he's going to get all of the dump offs because <laughs> bird because, because I, I, friggin- I know what, I know I, what you're yeah. doing puma i know what you're doing exactly and i hate you <laughs> because like because he's not he's not going to push the ball down the field like oh man, i know exactly, who, I know like exactly. A you're trying yeah. to find like talking points to essentially hoodwink to somebody in your league to no, dude, honestly, honestly, like what I was trying to do because in, in my roster, like I have a ton of wide receivers, but my running backs are thin because I have, um, I, I have Alvin Kamara and I have Kareem Hunt, and then after that, it's like Sony Michelle. I have mm-hmm. like the I have Jarrett Patterson just in case, like, all right, let's say Antonio Gibson, he does have a track record of being hurt. If it's like JD McKissick, like. Jarrett Patterson did pop off the tape in in uh, in training camp for the Washington football team, and then that's like really it. And like Sony Michelle, so like I'm thin at running back, and the kid I was trying to trade with, he's zero three right now, and I think he kind of needed a little bit more help at wide receiver. So it's like, all right, like Jamal Williams for Chase Claypool, like let's talk here, and then kind of negotiations got uh, kind of got off the rails. But no, honestly, like I wouldn't trade for Najee Harris. But if you were a manager, like, that's what my selling point would be was, like, okay, yeah, this offense is bad, but he is going to get all of the short yardage work. <laughs> like, 19 yeah. targets. 
Nineteen. You, you trade. You trade for Najee Harris in a situation where you have depth at running back. The in, in kind of the same scenario that you're talking about, Puma, where a team is 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 hurting at running back because of Najee Harris, and you maybe have a need at wide receiver. So you kind of you got to try to package a couple of players together there. It's not going to be a simple straight up one for one. You're not going to get return on your investment uh, in that situation, but maybe you package Harris with somebody uh I don't know, like a like an Antonio Brown type guy, you know, somebody that's like a mid-level wide receiver to try to get, you know, a, a functional running back. Speaking of Antonio Brown, this is going to be my well, one of two questions. I have a wide receiver question, and I got a defensive streaming one. Uh, so my wide receiver question, Antonio Brown, he missed last week. He was on the COVID list. Uh, he's been through the protocol. It'll be 10 days tomorrow, so he is eligible to come back to practice. Would you start him on the road in Foxborough over, say, a Chase Claypool? Yes. Okay. Yes, I mean, the upside of the Tampa Bay offense, we all know what that is. The upside of that offense, you know, a much, you know, let's not even compare the quarterbacks in that in that situation. And, you know, it, you got to play upside there, and there's really no upside from Chase Claypool at this point until he shows it to you. Mm-hmm. We've seen Antonio Brown, obviously, that first week, like you called, you know, the breakout for, of Antonio Brown in that first game. You've seen it. You've seen it work. It could very well work again, depending on the game. And I, I, I would take my chances with Brown over Claypool, probably 100% out of 100, 100 times out of 100, in, in, specifically this week. So my defensive streaming question, I'm going to ask this, kind of feel like I know where you're going to go, but we'll, we'll just play this game. So you have the Green Bay Packers facing the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, or you have Miami going up against a double-sprained ankle ankles uh Carson Wentz uh in the in the uh, Indianapolis Colts like which which defense would you stream like do you have faith in Miami to withstand the rushing attack of of Jonathan Taylor and company or are you just praying for interceptions from Big Ben uh, after two seconds if he can't get the ball down the field I mean you're you're gonna pray for a a low scoring game in Green Bay if that's that's the case that you're not that they're not just not gonna allow points they're just not gonna be able to move the ball down the field and Pittsburgh has shown some significant issues in in doing that this year. In terms of Carson Wentz in in the Indianapolis Colts against Miami, I think that um, you know Miami did give up a lot of points last week to to the I'm sorry not Oakland Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so you know obviously the Raiders are not the Colts are not the Raiders uh, at this point in the season given you know how they performed. Uh, I am I would probably lean Green Bay in that game because you know. Green Bay gets up in that in that game, then you're going to rely on Big Ben to try to huck the ball around the field, and we all know that he can't do that. So uh, I probably lean Green Bay in that game. That's kind of where I'm at too. And the the, the thing that solidified that for me, I don't know if I'm guessing you guys saw this on NFL memes where like the caption was Big Ben moves like a tree. Oh, I saw that. Do I laugh so hard? Oh my god! Oh my god! (laughs) That was so good. But man, you want to talk about how far like the mighty have fallen? Like, holy crap, man! Like, I know like TV twelve's got like that diet that probably ain't even like really anything. But like, he's got like the TV. He's got like the TV twelve diet. Like, Big Ben's diet is like PBR and KFC, man. Like, that is (laughs) all that that dude's got. 
like a freaking homeless lumberjack out in like the Pacific Northwest. He's too old. He can't cut the trees down anymore, but they can't get rid of him. So he's just going to collect a paycheck. Yeah. No. I'm, well, I'm with what? you. You can't force out quarterbacks? Why not? They do all the time in the NFL. Uh, here we go. All right. We'll save that. <laughs> On that note. That. We will save that for the Megapod. We are no, saving but, that no, energy. In all, reality, in, all reality, in, all reality, in all reality, that is the one time you need you to force them out last year. And I think this is something You might as well have taken the, the cap hit, right? Yeah. This is going to bite the studios so hardcore in the ass because you're seeing – a walking corpse out there. Like I was trying to watch that game the other night because it was on here in the local channels in, in Ohio, and I and it was it was painful. It was absolutely painful to watch the Steelers. And one of the the Bengals receivers said towards the end it got so bad that the Steelers just gave up. I think T Higgins had that quote where he said, "You can see that they just gave up towards the end of that game," and that's just mm-hmm. bad. That's just bad all the way around. So, like, not to hijack the fantasy the fantasy section, but I think it does have a little semblance of you know reality. Like Burge, I'll post this to you. Uh, first, at at what point do you go to bed and say, we're sitting you down, like we we know what we have, I need to see what's up with Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph. Like, are we at that point? Obviously, yeah, like, they don't have are. fantasy rele- relevance, but, like, w- are we at the Dwayne Haskins point now, Burge? I mean, we're three weeks into the season here, all right? We've seen a trend here. I I'm not one that's going to, you know – overreact to three weeks obviously like i mean it, it, they, they, if you're gonna try to see what you have you're you're more or less admitting your season is done at that point and that at least that's my my mentality on it i i think you got to give it at least a few more weeks to see how they make out of this um before they 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 make that that's a, that's a big decision that has ramifications and obviously we know big ben is 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 in trouble here uh you know they're they are one and two and they got a couple of tough matchups coming up so mm-hmm. let's see how they fare out let's see how they fare out uh you know against uh you know the Packers and the Broncos and then you know kind of reevaluate I, I know this sounds crazy coming from me but I think you try to bring in Cam Newton I, I think you try to bring in Cam Newton man because <laughs> and, and they had their opportunity last week to do it to sit him because that offense hasn't done shit all year long and the only reason they won in in Buffalo is because they had that punt block up there they look in the defense they hard against the Raiders, and they look pretty bad against the Bengals. And I think you had your opportunity last week when he had that um, issue with his pec, and I think that was the perfect guys to sit down a veteran, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback saying, hey, listen, he's hurt. He can't play right now. We're going to go with the rookie or whatever it is. And then that's how you get out of it. But I think I think, I think, think Puma, I'm, I'm with you there. I think it's time to essentially have a conversation with him and be like, listen, this isn't going so far. This isn't going so well so far. And if they stink it up against the Packers again, and I'm sure they will, they will because they can't keep up with the Packers. I think it's time to have that conversation. When when did Eli get sat down? When did Eli get sat down for Danny Dimes? Well, well that's that's that? a, that's a whole other discussion about the New York Giants. Like that, I was a, I was gonna bury the Giants for a takeaway. Like the the Giants just bungled that whole thing. They were trying to do a rebuild, but not hurt Eli's feelings. Mara's a joke. Like the, they have the worst record in the NFL over the last five years. Like wow. the worst. Are you serious? Worst, I'm not kidding. The wow. Giants have the worst record in the NFL over the last five years. Not the Cleveland Browns. Not the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not my Miami Dolphins. Not even the goddamn New York Jets. The wow. New York Football Giants. That Damn. that tells you everything you need to know about the moves that that team has made. Uh, you know, the last couple of years. 
So, so I guess I guess it's justified for the fans to boo the owner at halftime. <laughs> and you know, it's not even that. It's not even that. Now that we completely hijacked the fantasy section, like I don't want to hear about Mara being upset that like he got booed. I don't want to hear about Mara being so upset at the end of the game that they couldn't beat the Falcons that he kicked trash cans. Like, you could fire Jason Garrett the next day, especially after Saquon Barkley literally came out and said, we don't believe this offensive scheme, and until we believe in this scheme, we're going to lose uh, by uh, by field goals, and we're just going to settle for field goals. He came out and said that in an interview. That is the biggest indictment on Jason the Clapper Garrett. That dude needs to be gone. I don't think, like, Joe Judge is on a hot seat. I wouldn't fire him at this juncture. But, like, Garrett's got to go. Dave Gettleman's got to go. Like, that is it. That is what you do at this point to, like, cleanse yourself of the New York football giant stank of what the last five years have become. And you know what, Jay? I, I would like to think your brother would agree with me because mm, I dude, bet he had he to be so on mad. suicide watch at the end of that game last week. Like, Saquon Barkley looked like Saquon Barkley of old. Danny Dimes was okay. He fumbled the football, but he recovered it. He lowered his shoulder for a two-point conversion. But, like, you lose to the Falcons? Mm -hmm. Like, stop it. Stop mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So, I know, like, you know, Gettleman's got to go. Um, Joe Judd's got to go. All that stuff. How about Danny Dimes? What's his outlook look like? Because to be honest with you, I wasn't a biggest fan of him coming out. And me and you had quite a bit of, of battles over him or Dwayne Haskins. And it seems like both those guys are trash, to be honest, if we're if we're looking at Oh, in the in the grand hindsight. scheme of things, that class, they were probably they were the two worst out of that quarterback mm -hmm, class. Mm -hmm. So going forward, is does Danny Dimes get one more year to show what he can do? Because there have been times where I've looked at Daniel Jones and thought to myself, all right, he's got the arm, he seems to have the intelligence, he can definitely move when he's not tripping over himself right so like do you give him one more year with like a new regime or, or essentially you know you swipe the state slate key and you start all over again i think so i mean he hasn't been the problem mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. right now through three weeks like he hasn't been the problem like the problem is the offensive scheme nobody's buying in your your high your high prized free agent signing in uh, Kenny Galladay, one, he missed basically all the training camp with a hamstring injury. And two, in his one primetime game, the camera goes right to him and he's laying into his offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. And Kadarius Toney was upset in that game too. And I don't think he's still a happy camper. And I'm pretty sure his career receiving yards up to this point has still been negative. Mm -hmm. So th this team, for spending as much as they did in free agency, which was more than New England Patriots, Mm -hmm. They are massively, massively underperforming in the weakest conference in the entire NFL. Wow. So I saw a stat that people or teams that usually spend like north of $150 million, like only once in the history of the NFL have they actually turned it around and went to the playoffs. And I think we're starting to see that the Giants also are, are, pretty, are a pretty bad football team. Looking through some of their stats, like it's, it's oh my God, it's pretty bad. In regards to the passing numbers and rushing numbers, and on top of that, I think Saquon Barkley's done. He's cooked, man. Like he looks like he has nothing left, and he runs now scared. Like I've seen times where he'll purposely not go and try to, um, you know, to seek out contact. And to kind of put this in a perfect picture, at this moment right now, and hopefully this ESPN stat is correct, Daniel Jones has more rushing yards at 161 than Saquon Barkley does at 134. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's atrocious. That's insane. 
Okay. And like the insane thing is like the offensive line is that bad. You know what I mean? Oh, oh my god. This this team is so bad. It's I, I feel bad for your brother. Like <laughs> you wanna talk about how far the mighty have fallen again? Like this was a storied franchise. You have the worst record in the last five years, man. Like obviously the Maras and the Tishes are not gonna sell the team tomorrow, but like change needs to be made. Like Mara needs to fire Jason Garrett and and, uh, and and the general manager Dave Gettleman and like I hate calling for people's jobs but like uh, let's call a spade a spade like this team is is not doing what they what they should be doing given the closeness of games that they were playing in last year you know I was on the pod a f- big fan of Joe Judge especially after you know a gutty performance earlier in the year last year and it's just it's it's so bad i heard somebody i think it was uh, maggie gray on wfan and then i'm gonna get off my soapbox on on the giants so we can wrap this episode um they basically called him a glorified gym teacher like mm-hmm. this is what you like what you hired it, it just it sucks but you yeah. know it, it, it is what i it was is. i was never a fan of of joe judge i mean I think it's it's laughable that you hired this guy to be your head coach when he was a special teams coach in, in New England. And I know everybody brings up the John Harbaugh thing, but I just think John Harbaugh, personality-wise, is cut from a different cloth. I mean, there's a couple of sound bites out there where, with Joe Judge where you look at it and you just roll your fucking eyes. Like, if I'm rolling my eyes watching this clip, I can only imagine how these players are rolling their eyes when he gets on his soapbox and he does this rah-rah, tough guy speech bullshit. And and I think he might have lost the locker room in regards to how he speaks, and that that sounds shitty as it is. And and I saw this this coming in training camp this year because when the Giants... They kept fighting! Exactly, right? They kept fighting in camp! (laughs) The Giants... well, Well, it's not even that. Like, remember that last year story that came out about the offensive line? Offensive line coach that wanted to punch you. Oh, yeah. uh, Uh, Colombo. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have that happening in your organization where people are going to revert to violence, right? Instead of actually talking it out when an issue comes up. And now you see all this undisciplined play on the field. And you see all the fighting in in the offseason. This thing just screams to me like it's an undisciplined coaching staff that's letting this thing happen. And I was was looking at some of the stats for this year. And the Giants are one of the most penalized teams. Like, they're definitely in the top five for that. So... I think Joe Judge is a little bit of a clown. I think you've got to get rid of him this year as well. Clean house with Gettleman. Get rid of Joe Judge. Um, I think you you play another year with Danny Dimes. I do think he has some talent. Um, and I think with the right coach, you can maybe uh, harness that. But I think these Giants are in a lot of trouble, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right. And I think that uh, concludes the podcast. You want to go ahead and uh, plug it up, good sir? Yes, sir. So this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the pod can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts under the handle Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us with the algorithm to get the exposure. The YouTube videos that the captain of the ship, Jay Chima, has been a wizard at cutting and putting up and, and whatnot. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave, you know, leave five-star review, 10-star review, leave questions in the comments. Hell, make fun of us in the comments like, you know, hey, Washington football team winning outright against the Buffalo Bills is the (laughs) craziest shit I've ever heard. That is a direct quote. And I hope the guy that said that is listening to this pod once it's released and says, (laughs) hey, I fucking said that. Brandon DePuma said that about me. But, yeah, like, subscribe. Share with your mom, share with your dad, share with your whole family. Play in the office. I don't give a damn. Uh, Social media-wise, 
Facebook and Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima, the captain of the ship, is at Jay Chima. You will also love his uh, his header on on uh, on Twitter. You want to say what is? You want to say what the the name of the header is there, Chief? It's the uh, hashtag Fire Bella Fraud. Um, is the name of my Twitter account now because I am fully on the time to fire Bill Belichick train. And then also the header is a picture of his time in Cleveland. And one of the fans decided to drape a big sheet over the side of the uh, the stands into the stadium saying, you know, Belichick, you still stink two and seven. And I just like to remind the Belichick defenders that the Cleveland years did happen, in fact. So that's why my header is that. And we'll get more to that on our Megapod episode. And the senior contributor, senior analyst, the father of Sharp Parker, Eric (laughs) Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge, is on Twitter at uh, Burge the Goalie. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Hit us up on the DMs. Be sure to check in after this episode of the pod to see what kind of uh, haymakers are going to be thrown on Twitter. You know, I guess you could say Megapod after dark on the Twitter machine. But that's all I got for plugging it up, good sir. Let's get a, let's wrap it and get the hell out of here. And it uh, looks like the uh, the YouTuber you were mentioning was Red V that left a comment about how uh, this is one of the dumbest takes we've had. <laughs> so Red V, sir, looks like you're correct. Uh, the Washington football team did not beat the Buffalo Bills. And actually, Puma, if you want to jump into that comment section later on and give him his props, that'd be great. And I think there's another guy in there, Rick Blick, who has a question about Heineke. I know the quarterback is behind him, so I'm sure you'd love to go at him with that. But listen, I almost made a crazy prediction as well, and I and I refrained. I was like, you know what, Jay Chima, you're an esteemed podcaster. You know, you can't be saying this outlandish shit. But I almost said that the Chiefs were going to win the AFC West. I almost said it, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Hey, I backed off. Hey, hey, I, I put it out there. I said Chargers win the the, uh, the AFC West. I think you I did? might be wrong, though. Oh, yeah. Wow. On our okay. early early prediction pod. That, okay. Yeah, but uh, I think I might be wrong. I think it might be the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> All right, well, listen, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, con Dios. <laughs>